Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season 5, Episode 3, 8 Mile. Yeah, that, that adds up. Written by, <laughs> <laughs> written by Scott Silver and directed by Curtis Hansen and produced by Curtis Hansen, Brian Grazer, and Jimmy Iovine. Released in 2002 and featuring Eminem, Mackay Pfeiffer, Brittany Murphy, Kim Basinger, and Anthony Mackie. We'll answer the question, will B-Rabbit take his one shot, his one opportunity, to seize everything he ever wanted in one moment. Set in the gritty urban backdrop of Detroit, 8 Mile is a semi-autobiographical tale of rap icon Eminem, whose character is Jimmy B. Rabbit Smith and his early struggles breaking into the hip-hop scene in 1995. Against great odds, the gawky young white dude living in the trailer park with his downtrodden mom and toddler sister B-Rabbit struggles in finding his way and his voice and faces formidable foes in the leaders of the Free World crew. Uh, so 8 Mile, uh, this is classic film. Eminem, as we know, has gone on to become a legend. What are some of the key points, Boogie, that you take away from, from 8 Mile? Yeah, I really, I really enjoy Eight Mile. I'm an Eminem fan, you know. I, I, I like what he, what he's brought to the table with his, his lyricism and his energy. So, watching Eight Mile for me, it's, it's autobiographical movie for him, but it's, it's, it's very entertaining, and and I do see some of the parallels between the movie and, and his actual life, coming up in the underground and, and having to make a name for himself despite being a white rapper in a predominantly black area and get, trying to gain the respect of everyone and prove that, Hey, listen, I got what it takes to, to go toe to toe with the heavyweights in the area. So it's an underdog story, you know, in, in a sense. And I, and I love underdog stories and he's that character. Like you kind of, you root from root for him from the beginning because you see what he has to deal with in the beginning because he's automatically nervous and he's, he's, doesn't want to go out and perform so you want to see where this character is going to go and you eventually do want to see him make it to the to the stage and and, and battle which is where he was trying to do in the beginning of the film then you have crews that hate on people you know such as the free world crew and they're pretty much like you know bullies to anyone who who wants to to make us make a name for themselves in in a detroit scene so you you don't like them and you know that they're picking on him from the beginning. So it's, 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 a, it's like I said, you, you want to root for him. You want, you want to see him succeed. You want to see him overcome what he's dealing with. He, you know, he's, he's poor, he's, you know, single mom raising the both of them and she's not all there. You know, she's dealing with a debt, you know, a deadbeat boyfriend who's not all there and you, you want him to, 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 to get the best out of things. So, you follow him along through this journey and um, it all comes to a head at the end. And, you know, you, you, you cheer for him. You're like, yeah, he did it, you know? So, so it's, it's one of those movies where I always enjoy watching that, that, that over him overcoming those obstacles um, and making it on that stage 
because like I said, he, that's how he became famous. He became famous from battle rapping. And that's what really, really how he made a name for himself before getting signed. So, yeah, this is a great movie. I, I highly, highly entertaining, and I highly recommend it. Don, all right, you want to add anything about your, you know, initial impressions of the movie as well? Sure. I thought Eminem was really good as an actor. And, yes. You know, some people can't pull this off, but you know, he's an elite performer, and so he could do this well too. And he really plays a hero's journey well. You see him in his humble beginnings and and, and, and adversity in the beginning, uh, choking in the at the, at the shelter. But you know, you get to see his progression to recovering from that, and I think he played it really well. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I don't know Eminem's discography from front to back. Like I heard a lot of songs, but I didn't really get into like his albums so much. And so I really enjoyed this aspect of his his stuff so really great and yeah there's a grittiness to this and the, the portrayal yeah. was was very well done you see a lot of east coast stories you see west coast and now we're you know in the heartland or you know the midwest detroit and you see you know a lot of folks detroit's economy has historically been based you know auto industry and factories and whatnot and b rabbit worked at the new detroit stamping factory you remember when Eminem first burst on the scene in real life, like in the late 90s, when you first heard him and he had this unique sound, almost a little bit nasally and, and spitting fast, but also just kind of insulting everybody in his path. And, and you're like, what's up with this guy? Like, why is he ripping on Pamela Anderson and in sync? <laughs> and like, why is he so angry? And, and this kind of gives you a glimpse into what he had to deal with. Right. He yes. comes from. Very little means, like you said, Boogie, his mother is really downtrodden, you know, not a great mother. And he's getting picked on and bullied, and he wants to be in this industry that he's an outsider. So you can kind of tell where does that anger come from? You can see it through this lens for sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think from, from years of being pushed around, he got to the point where he strikes first. <laughs> he doesn't give you a chance to to get him. He's going to get you first, right? <laughs> I had but, a I had a different impression of him, like at least from this first single, right? My name is yeah, and uh, but who is this guy that sounds like Snoop Dogg and Ween put together? <laughs> I thought it was his rap. That that song was so funny to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah. but this isn't a Snoop Dogg song. Like there's a little, there's more humor in it to me, and it's like wow. <laughs> this is really good who is this guy <laughs> you know what's a fun fact is that he goes by the moniker slim shady as we all know but that phrase is not mentioned at all in the movie <laughs> right which is interesting semi-autograph biographical Semi exactly semi <laughs> but i think that all the cast around him in this movie really uh, did a great job Brittany murphy i've always loved her yeah. um from, from he was terrific film. in this yeah, yeah. with clue from Clueless, her days in Clueless, when she was the nerd that they kind of spruced up. And I, I it was kind of like always sad to see her on stage, be, you know, on the screen because she died at such a young age. Oh, it's, it's very bittersweet. Yeah. yeah, it's always very bittersweet. Just kind of like when you see Heath Ledger and some of those yes. other younger, younger actors and actresses that have gone yeah. to soon. But she was very charismatic and enigmatic. She's always that perfect combination of charismatic and enigmatic. It was mm -hmm. like yeah. something, yeah. but you know. Yeah. You really like her. Yeah. 
you know, that is Rabbit's love interest in the, in the movie. And they share a lot in common. She left home at 17. And he's, you know, mostly on his own in a wayward state. And she's looking to break out to the big city, New York City, to pursue a modeling career and kind of make a book. But the other cast is great, too. Anthony Mackie, who's a megastar now in the MCU, has Falcon and <laughs> Falcon and Winter Soldier and, you know, the new Captain America and whatnot. Uh, he, he has a big role as Papa Doc. Papa Doc. Uh, the leader of the uh, leaders of the free world crew. And he's kind of nasty in there. And that's his role. Yeah. Rabbit beats the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> but then also the other parts of the ensemble, uh, Kim Basinger does a great convincing job of playing that the trashy mother. She plays that really well. Absolutely. Very good. Yeah. And Cheddar Bob is my man. <laughs> Cheddar Bob. <laughs> Cheddar Bob. Cheddar Bob is like the, you know, I don't want to be insulting, but kind of like a dim-witted, unintelligent, but funny but super loyal friend of yeah. of Rabbit in in the crew, um, and he has that very memorable scene where you know there's a feud breaking um, breaking out between their crew and the the Free World crew, and he, he has this gun, his mother's gun, and he accidentally shoots himself in the leg. He goes full uh, Plaxico Burris. <laughs> Plaxico Burris. No, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh man. No, this is serious. You know, he's <laughs> the thing with this, you know, and he's oh, bleeding man. profusely. And you know, they take him out driving to the hospital. And even during that hospital scene where he's driving, he, he just like blurts out MC Bob. And we're like, well, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, MC Cheddar Bob. And he's wondering what his rap name is supposed to be because <laughs> he wanted Rabbit to teach him how to write. Rhymes. That was a good scene. And uh, DJ is or eyes. I, I couldn't remember what it was, but the, he was very enlightened, and it reminded me of Sharif from Menace to Society and another film. I can't remember now, but there's another type of character who's like the conscience of the, uh -huh. of the crew. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like preach. Like, yeah, like yeah, exactly. Preacher. That's it. Yeah, preacher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's right. That's the same role. And they make fun of that in the Don't Be a Menace to South Central. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you have um, Makai Pfeiffer playing Future, who I guess that that's a parallel to his, to Eminem's actual friend, Proof. Yes. Right. Um, yeah. You know, late, late Proof, who passed away from the crew. But yeah, he was, you know, Makai Pfeiffer is Makai Pfeiffer. So he's going to give you what he got. <laughs> And you I know. take it every time because he's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. He's got the dreads in this one. And normally he doesn't have a longer hair. So is it? it's cool to see him as, yeah. uh, you know, con convinced, you know, trying to convince B-Rabbit to to take his shot and mm -hmm. just kind of sticking through him even when, you know, B-Rabbit has doubts and that kind of turns on him a little bit. You know, when he goes to apologize to him, man, at the end, he was like, yeah, you know, it's all good. You know, I'm here. I never, you know, I never left. <laughs> I'm, I'm here. And he convinces him to to go out there and, and uh, do his thing. But, yeah, he's a, he was a very loyal, loyal friend to um, B-Rabbit. And I, was, I remember the first time I was like, yeah, that's definitely proof right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's based on him. I meant to go look and see, like, are any of the other D12s, like, like characters portrayed in this movie. I didn't really look. 
<laughs> I'm thinking Bizarro is uh I can't think his who he put his his name in Eight Mile big guy. Kind of Saul. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Eminem's friend Obi Trice, who's on some of his records. He was in this film also. Yeah, yeah. Oh he yeah. Rap yeah. at the end of the battle. <laughs> And did you catch Exhibit? Was it the he he was the yeah. lunch the lunch truck rapper that he uh-huh. did, and Exhibit was in there. Yeah, yeah. Exhibit was ripping on everybody until M came and ripped on him. <laughs> exactly, he was not getting his ride pimped. Nope. <laughs> it's good to see Exhibit too, man. He's a he's a good he's a good he's a good dude too. So yeah. it's like, hey, he got a nice little part in there. Yeah. <laughs> And there was a character of Wink, and he was shady. He was yeah. buddying up with B-Rabbit and crew and trying to promote them into that shelter you know, rap battle. But he was also playing the other side, too, and he was hanging with the, the Free World crew. And during the battle, wasn't I think he actually ended up kicking B-Rabbit, right? I catch well, that? that was when he got jumped after. They jumped him. Yeah. <laughs> After he got, after he yeah, after them. yeah, after he handed Winkum his his butt in the radio state the radio station um room upstairs, <laughs> he yeah. he called the free world crew and then they ran down on B Rabbit outside of his trailer. Yeah, that was and that was tough to see because there was Lily uh, B Rabbit's you know very much younger sister who was only like a toddler and. B-Rabbit had removed her from the home because his mom was drunk and took her next door. And that's at the point where he's like, go inside, go inside, because the crew had pulled up. And she, yeah. sadly, she got to see her brother get beat to a pulp by that crew. And she was shouting, Jimmy. Yeah. Well, they uh, they spared his life. They had gun to his head, but they just wanted to really intimidate him, beat him up. But I think that really spurred him on and inspired him to – you know, finish writing and, and and then battle into that final battle scene, rap yeah. battle scene. You spare the rabbit. The rabbit's coming for you. <laughs> you came for the whole crew, one by one. <laughs> Speaking of which, 2023 is the year of the rabbit. You guys know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh. Lunar New Year, and, and I'm a rabbit, actually. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Me too. There you go. Maybe good things ahead, hopefully. We'll see. They build up a lot of drama in here. I see, like any almost every time that B Rabbit takes the mic, there's this long pause, and it, it yeah. suspense is built in the very beginning scene, which actually inspires the lyrics to "Lose Yourself," which we'll get to. You know, he in that very opening scene, he literally does throw up on his sweatshirt, so that's part of the lyrics. Yes. Mom been on the sweater already. Mom spaghetti. Um, <clears throat> but there's that long pause, and then. Almost every time he's actually doing the rap out, there's this long pause, and you're you're almost holding your breath, like, is he gonna choke again? Because the crowd starts to egg him on a little bit, and then he does kind of start start flowing and does an amazing job. Once he confronts Lickety Split in that battle, he he gains his footing because now he, the crowd kind of is kind of cheering him on a little bit because they're like, oh, this guy really got a flow about him, and I think he gains his footing in that moment and it's like, okay. He broke the ice. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the challengers got a little harder and harder in procession. It's just like you're moving up the ranks in the heavyweight championship. And then the next one is versus Lotto. 
and Lotto did a really nice job and it was really even with the uh, amount of applause and cheering from the crowd. He's the one that hit that leave it to beaver reference. (laughs) And I think rabbit says to uh, future, it's like, Hey man, he he almost got me with it. Leave it to beaver reference. He kind of flipped it back on him. Yeah. 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 Ward, I think you're a little hard on the beaver. (laughs) (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. And I like the way he ended that battle too. And my motto was, I get the dollar from your mother. I get the. Oh man! Yes. Finish him. Fell apart. Finish him. I get the dollar from your mother. I used to know that whole part. That whole song about getting that. seven numbers for a dollar for no, your tomorrow. Family. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, his name was Lotto. That was that was nice. From your mother tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And then the final battles versus Papa Doc, uh, Anthony Mackie's character. And there's this beautiful symmetry in the movie, whereas B-Rabbit choked and really couldn't perform at all in the beginning. So he lost battle, was booed off stage, like the song says. Uh, and he just left him full, you know, in shame. Whereas he is so more polished now. And his strategy was really hype up the crowd. He's got the crowd going, you know, wave your hands for the three, one, three. And he's really kind of just spilling his guts saying almost like being self-deprecating saying, listen, I am a bum. I'm, I'm white. I live in the trailer. With my mom, <laughs> he's even said that my girl slept with wink because that was, the yeah. Thing. yeah, he's like laying it all out there, whatever, but he makes it rhyme, makes it rhyme. So it's like, what else more can you say about me? And then he starts dissing on uh, Papa Doc for having gone to a private school. His real name is Clarence and all this stuff. And he just throws in the mic, what else don't you know about me? And it was kind of like, yes. all right, let mic drop moment. He didn't actually drop the mic, but he kind of just kind of throwing it. And it's like, all right, what more can you say after that? But I yeah. know something about you. You went to Cranbrook. That's a private school. <laughs> he did his homework. I, I noticed that like a lot of these, these he did his homework on these guys. You know who you're going to compete against. And that was smart. He really turned his vulnerability into invincibility. And he was so good that <laughs> Papa Doc couldn't even couldn't even say anything. But I think that 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 epiphany came to him because Cheddar Bob kind of said, hey. You know, are you worried that they're going to talk about what he's going to say about you? And then he was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> and yeah. Cheddar Bob was just kind of like, you know, spilling, like, you know, spilling, like, yeah, you know, you're scared he's going to say all these things about you. And he's like, wait a minute. He might say these. So I could beat him to the punch. Yeah. You know, and I guess Papa Doc, you know, trying to, you know, trying to hold his cards and, and tell him to put his cards and say, you know, let him go first because he's yeah. he going to choke. And he didn't choke. <laughs> Yeah, that's always out there. that's a good point. Cheddar Bob, as kind of dim-witted as he was, he did he did come up with that statement, and he he is a source of um some strength for for Rabbit. Remember, yeah. he's the one that says like "f the free world," and then he kind of start the whole feud and everything. Uh-huh. It's like, man, what are you talking about? A good point there, and yeah, about going first, they would do heads or tails. They would get, I think it was just. 45 seconds normally to do the rap. And then this mm-hmm. final round was a 90 second, but just like in a lot of sports, you can choose, maybe you choose to defer or whatever, which team goes first or like an NFL uh, overtime. A lot of times you want to go second. Cause then you know what you need to do. 
Do I need yeah. to get that field goal or to tie it, or do I need to get a touchdown? So in most cases, they were going, you would opt to go second because that way you can kind of turn the words on the other one. In this last case, the final battle versus Papa Doc, like you said, he, Papa Doc said, you know, you go first. So he really had to go all out. You can't yeah. hold back at all when you're going first. You don't want to give them any ammunition at all. So he just kind of he tricked off all of the punchlines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, yeah he, he emptied it all out. Yeah. Rendered him speechless. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Yep. And then yeah. the beat the beat cut and he still kept going. <laughs> I don't need the beat. <laughs> hey, you know you're winning when you don't even need the beat. <laughs> yeah. He says, you know what? And then and I think too at that in that last statement, he said, you know what? I don't even care what y'all think about me because I didn't already prove myself. So it is what it is. This is who I am. Like me or not. Tell them something they don't already know because I didn't told them everything. Yeah. <laughs> Very disarming. Stole all of your punchlines. What are you going to say now? <laughs> what are you going to rap about off the top of your head? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was funny when the very first, was it, was it versus Lickety Split or was that in a different rap battle where he actually mooned the guy? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That was, um, yeah, no, I think that was Lickety. That was Lickety. The, the yeah, first Lickety. One. yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was, that was funny. I feel with a smile and walk my, Right across the eight mile. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. So that good. good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, he really he really got on poor Clarence though. True. <laughs> but it, it was funny because the funny how he actually figured out his name was when they were hanging out with the girls. And um and he she said, Oh, you know, Papa Doc something. She said, Who Clarence? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he went to school with my sister, my brother, or something like that. Yeah. And he said, Oh, okay. And it, and, and he wasn't even in part of the conversation, but he just registered in the back of the file, just stashed mm -hmm. it back there. <laughs> yeah. Clarence is just a funny name for me. Uh it reminds me actually of Beastie Boys. Hey, ladies. Oh, yeah. There's a line where, where, where it's just ridiculous. Someone, I forget who says it. It might even be someone outside of three, the three main guys. It's like, is your name Michael Diamond? No, mine's Clarence. <laughs> <laughs> it just gets me every time. <laughs> but the, oh, great cast. It, the guy that played Greg, who was the deadbeat boyfriend, Michael Shannon, he's gone on yes. to a much bigger and better What thing. a great career. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't think. He's a phenomenal actor. Hey, so good. Ooh, so good. Yeah, I've seen him. I've seen him in some stuff, and he's really, really good. Even he was even good in this. He was great in this. Oh, yeah. 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 He was great. And ironically, in real well, they, they were joking in the movie that he went to their same school. So he was almost around their same age, which made it even that more awkward for, for Rabbit yeah. that he's with the mother. But in real life, he's he's a couple years younger than. <laughs> than Eminem. <laughs> He's something like 48 and Eminem just turned 50 this year. Uh, and Taryn Manning plays Janine, who was uh the Rabbit's ex-girlfriend. She was in Hustle and Flow and a lot of a lot of things as well. Yeah. It was a great cast. Absolutely. I enjoyed Michael Shannon and uh Knives Out. You guys see Knives Out. I haven't seen it yet. Yes. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh man, He's he he plays the son of the uh of the writer. He's very good. Very good in everything. Yeah, and 
Eight Mile, directed by Curtis Hanson, who also did L.A. Confidential. You guys see that movie? I have not. Ooh, it's a great movie. Uh, yeah. 1997. One of my favorite movies from that year. And Kim Basinger was also in this movie. She plays the, the, the lead. I remember that it was critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, and he also did Wonder Boys, if you've ever seen that, with Michael Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Toby Maguire. Terrific movie. Yeah, he, his reign is great, but he passed away a few years uh, in 2016. So maybe one of his last movies. <laughs> I have one question for you guys, if you picked up on this. Rabbit's crew goes and burns down an abandoned home because that was a scene of uh, a rape of a young girl. And they thought it as a symbol that they wanted to destroy. And yeah, I understand where they're coming from. During that scene, uh, B-Rabbit finds a photo of a family, like a Polaroid. Mm -hmm. I didn't know if there was any significance to that. Or was he just like saying, wow, this used to be an actual home? Or was he just longing for like a traditional nuclear family? I don't know. I didn't. I, I was having trouble like seeing the significance of that. I wasn't sure what that was like you, but I, I think it was supposed to symbolize a more stable family or like right. here's a home that this should have. This was a home. Yes. At some point, but it, right. it fell into disrepair. It became an attractive nuisance, which is an actual thing. Uh, attractive yes. nuisances attractive is nuisance, thing. yeah <laughs> okay yeah but uh, yeah I, I picked up on that too um yeah it was like the, it was kind of like you looking at the photo like yeah man this was a this was once a home of love and like things fall apart and this is what it's become mm-hmm. yeah because they were saying you know if, if there was no abandoned home then this guy wouldn't have been able to rape the girl and so let's destroy let's destroy this area and it was symbolic but you're right i think Rabbit made some sort of suggestion that he either wished he had a home like that or, or he used to have some, something, something to that effect when he was talking to uh, Alex. Anything else that you guys kind of questioned or, or you know, disliked or about the film? I mean, one thing that I see as a common theme, and I guess this comes with the machismo and bravado is again there's there's homophobia in it mm, yeah even yeah. though rabbit does befriend the one gay man at his job yeah there's still a lot of homophobia in his lyrics and a lot of the the back and forth yeah oh, the rap battles and stuff yeah yeah i guess even in 1995 you we weren't we weren't that evolved yet right yeah and that was the the one guy who actually you know he actually Save the day in a sense, if you think about it, because he held down his B Rabbit shift while he ran off to to go compete in the battle. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I was wondering how that was going to play out because you see it building up. Like uh, he yeah. finally is doing better at work and he's earning the trust of his boss Manny. And he's like, "Hey, like, can you? Someone's out sick tonight. Could you cover?" He's like, sure, I'll cover. I'll cover. And we know that's the same night as like <laughs> right away. He can't do it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Exactly. Yep. No more privileges. No more shift offerings. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't bail on that. <laughs> the one thing that I didn't quite sit well or I didn't quite get was I thought there'd be a bigger beef after between Alex and Jimmy after Jimmy caught them uh, in coitus. Like they're not mad or he, neither of them are mad. Like, I don't know. Maybe I think Jimmy understood. Like okay. 
this is sort of like what the game is. And so he wasn't that mad. But I think anyone would have been like, she comes to the plant and they have a, a very civil conversation. And I thought, that's not how I, I thought it was going to go. Right. Did he actually catch her or was it mostly hearsay? Like, I didn't know if he caught Wink with her. or No, like, she, he did. Oh, yeah, okay, he caught the mid He did. Okay, I missed yeah. that. <laughs> very, very much did. Okay. Yeah, he caught, he caught, yeah, he caught the mid-act. I got you. Yeah. Anybody, Wait, just interrupt this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beat Wink to a pulp while Wink's pants were half down. Right. And that precipitated his beat down in front of Lily later. At, I got you. Yeah, yeah I, miss, I must have missed that part. Okay. And you, you see it in the uh, in the in the background of the next studio over <laughs> having to get yeah. you. Meanwhile, there's some fisticuffs going on in the next <laughs> next studio. You're gonna see it. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> kind of been a funny little twist on a, a serious situation. But still, I was like, I would think Jimmy would be more mad, but I guess he's got the bigger fish to fry in that case. I don't think he was as mad at her because she wasn't really his girlfriend. Yeah, that there's that. He was um, more mad at Wink for 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 crossing the line. Yeah, like, you knew that I was you knew that I was interested in her, mm-hmm. and you stepped on my toes, and yeah. you're not supposed to do that. Whereas her, she was like, you know what, she's, you know. He's not really my girl, you know. We, yeah, we've had interest and we've, we, you know, fooled around a bit, but we don't necessarily have a relationship, relationship. Yeah, yeah, like a title or anything on it. Right. Is it kind of like, hey, I see you in passing and I like you, but you know, we're not really together. But you know, in the sense of you know, the crew still supposed to be off limits. <laughs> so the crew, you know, still supposed to you know honor that and just not even bother with it. Wink violated that that. That aspect, yeah. yeah, and got violated in the process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was looking up some other like facts about Eight Mile because I know there's a lot that happened around the filming. And Brittany Murphy, who plays Alex, actually was romantically involved with Eminem during the production. She admitted that in an interview with David Letterman back in in the early '90s. As she was. And there was rumors that Eminem was actually hitting on Kim Basinger during the <laughs> filming as well. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I don't know. You know, they were dying. Anything happened. But also be remiss if we didn't mention 8 Mile, for those that are unaware, is an actual road in Detroit, 8 Mile Road. And it's kind of like a line of demarcation and a color barrier of sorts for different portions of of the city yeah yeah the more affluent white neighborhoods are north of eight mile and the urban neighborhoods are south of eight mile and the jay dilla book has a really good breakdown of the whole geography of detroit and uh, i recommend going through that for more color about the eight mile situation yeah the the song Lose Yourself was recorded specifically for the movie, and it was the first rap song to win the Academy Award for Best Original Song, which it did in 2003. Yeah. I mean, that's become an anthem for, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like kind of like a hype-up anthem. It starts off real slow, kind of like the piano melody, and then it kind of like, it's all about not missing out on your, your one shot, your one opportunity. Yeah. 
In fact, and go ahead. Uh, I listened to it on the way. It, it came on, I think it was yesterday. It was one of the day, yeah, yesterday. I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is my song right here. Yeah, I love that song. It's a great song. I heard that song every Saturday at martial arts because my Sifu would play that because we used to train to music and like that was like her favorite song. So I heard it every Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need to listen to any more Eminem songs after that. Every Saturday, no, without fail, Lose Yourself was the first song I came on. There's something special and unique about the song. Like I like the, the cadence to me is unique where it's a little like the staccato or choppiness is like, the clock's time's up, over, blah, back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choked, he's so mad that, and I really love how that flows. It's, it's something that, it's, it seems unique. I, I've never really heard that kind of flow, the way it breaks up like that. And it kind of builds to a crescendo. Yeah, he's a, he's a musical genius. <laughs> yeah, and the, the, the famous line in the beginning, there's vomit on a sweater already, mom's spaghetti. And you guys have seen that I believe Eminem has a chain of restaurants called Mom Spaghetti. Yes. That he started like in the past couple of years. Yeah. I haven't been to one. Are they in the Detroit area? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching the Hard Knocks on HBO. They were doing the Detroit Lions in the offseason in the training camp. And Eminem made an appearance because that's his team, obviously. And he catered the one practice session oh nice <laughs> mom spaghetti i was like ah oh, there it is yeah yeah i remember when they had the grand opening he, he popped up at the at the restaurant at the grand opening was actually you know serving people i was like holy crap <laughs> yeah, and detroit bon, bon john bon jovi <laughs> <laughs> serving people <laughs> that's right he looks so tiny next to those football players obviously i mean i don't know what his stature is but he's not a big guy and actually i heard that he for this movie, he he lost 24 pounds. So he was kind wow. of he's always been kind of thin in my eyes, but he was almost like rail thin in, in this movie. Yeah, he had to be more uh period accurate for that. I guess he did have to drop down to his 1995 weight. Yeah, right. I'd be hell to do that. I don't know how I could Jeez. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yep. Another interesting tidbit I found is that the role of Cheddar Bob, uh both Seth Rogen and Jason Siegel auditioned for that role. <laughs> that's kind of a genre. It feels like that's the type of actor they. they that, that's that it, yeah, exactly. But I think they were joking around the whole time, and they they were goofing off, and they didn't. They're good <laughs> friends in real life, Seth Rogen and Jason Siegel, and they didn't get it. And they're like, years later, they're like, it went to some other guy, and he was really good, and he did a much better job than we would have, <laughs> which was Evan Jones. I feel like those guys, even I guess then they weren't as big as they are now, but. Yeah, you're 2002. right. But that would have been <laughs> there's like a gravitational pull of the, the big actors like Mackay Pfeiffer and, and and Kim Basinger. But imagine those two, one of those two guys in that role. <laughs> kind of funny. <laughs> I actually watched this on DVD. I had purchased it at a flea market a while back because I knew that we'd be covering it for real cheap. And it had some extra special features and I was able to watch a couple of them. What was neat is they talked about rap battles and how intense they are. And like we were saying, Eminem, like grew up doing this and he would be so devastated if he were to lose one. So in this scene, like the final rap battle scene, you see there's a big mob of people. There are like 300 
folks and they all have their winter coats and parkas on and they've been this kind of warehouse type facility. They were there for like 12 to 14 hours a day for like three or four consecutive days and they were getting a little antsy here and there. So the director, Curtis Hansen, had this great idea. He saw that like in between cuts, other little rap battles were breaking out. So he actually set up a rap battle tournament amongst the extras. He said, whoever wants to sign up and show off their skills. And it was like 134 of them signed up. They thought that they could be an MC. So that he would give them only like 15 seconds and, and they would, you know, both uh, Hansen and Eminem's manager and, you know, there were a couple of judges and they would kind of jot them down and they whittled them down to like 20. Then they did a little bracket tournament and the final four got to go up against Eminem, <laughs> like head to head. Nice. Cool. Wow. Yeah. Can you imagine that? It's like in the ring with Tyson. I know. It, 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 it was I wouldn't fun. want to do that. Nah. <laughs> they didn't want to wear out Eminem's voice. So he actually pantomimed his stuff. And then when he got to the final four, they were kind of really blasting him and insulting him because that's what it is. It's a verbal tirade. And he's like, I can't do this anymore. So he, he actually got on the mic and he just ripped them. And he was just like, no contest. But that was kind of cool. And th these guys were memorated forever on, on film here because they're in this special scene here. Oh, nice. that was a good idea. Yeah. That sounds really cool. I wonder what happened yeah. to those, those, those final four finalists. Yeah. Where yeah, are they now? Exactly. Eight wild final finals. <laughs> there was one woman, but he tore her apart. <laughs> it was merciless on the mic. Yeah, you don't mess with him. Yeah, that's like getting into the ring with Mike Tyson. That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> playing Gary Kasparov chess. Like, yeah, it's just like not for me. <laughs> me, me trying to take LeBron a one on one. So, what do you guys think? Did you enjoy the music overall in the film? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, to start with, Shook One's part two. <laughs> I was in. I was already in. I mean, this is like pretty much my favorite era of hip hop, hip hop from the late 80s into the mid 90s. Like that's my sweet spot in my heyday. So like even the non Eminem tracks, I heard yeah. like I heard Insane in the Membrane by Cypress Hill. I heard some Biggie. I heard Naughty by Nature. Far Side. Was yeah. Every song amazing. I was like, yes, I remember. This is great. This is great. Very much enjoyed the music. Yeah, music is classic. Yeah, and this was a box office smash. Budget was forty-one million, and it made two hundred and forty-three million in the box office. It was Not one bad. of the most sought-after DVDs when it was released of all time. I remember when it came out, and I was um working retail. At, um, Best Buy, yeah, it was it was flying off the shelves. <laughs> We just passed the 20th anniversary. It was released November 8th, 2002. Oh. Yep. Universal Pictures put it out. It had a lot of backing. I don't think it needs to be made again, made today. This... No, this is a... It was, it was perfect the first time. <laughs> it's kind of like a, a icon origin story or a superhero origin story, right? Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> You exactly. got Anthony Mackie in it. It's like a it's like a pretty superhero story. That's true. Yep.
So when we go around and give us give our ratings of yeah. the film. So Boogie, bring that funky flick back. Bring that, bring funky, that funky flick, flick back, back. Or leave it in the vault. Oh man, bring that funky flick back. Got to. Dino right? Bring that funky flick back. Of course, bring that funky flick back. Right on. It's a, okay. It's a classic. Yep. Yeah. Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. On the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs will review Notorious. It drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to your listeners. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, don't hate, resonate. Resonate, yes. Yes. Shout out to Brain Freeze Trivia in the Lehigh Valley. Check out the Instagram, brain underscore freeze underscore trivia double underscore time that's brain freeze trivia time on instagram